Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. Oh, my little deadly one, my deadly one. Symptoms don't show up for some time. Corona, ooh, you make my motor run. I know you want to kill me, even though I'm in my prime. Corona. What's going on, all you beautiful bastards that are sick as fuck with Corona? Uh, this is your host, Corey Caesar. Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. Wow, it's been a long time since I've welcomed you back to this stage. It's been four months or so, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more. I don't really know. I think November 18th-ish was the last release. Um, and when I left you, um, you know, the, the world was pretty quiet. There was not a whole lot going on. You were able to leave your homes and, and walk amongst the, the beautiful people of this country and, and, and greet your neighbor and, and shake their hand and kiss your grandma. And now you can't do shit, right? Um, and when I did leave you last time, just for a little background for the break, um, when I left you last, my, you know, my grandfather was going through some, some medical issues. Um, he had kind you know, ironically enough, had uh, had got some virus, some unknown virus. And they did every infectious disease uh, test imaginable you could think of. I mean, they tested them from SARS, MERS, you know, all that good jazz, fucking dengue, fever. Uh, I mean, you name it, he got it. There was, there was no test spared on my grandfather, and they couldn't find it. It was just unknown, just an unknown virus. And ironically, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, minus the, the, the fever, so I don't really, you know, I don't want to speculate but uh, you know, it, it did kill him, and it, it eventually killed him. Um, it didn't. It didn't take very much longer after that. He died November twenty first. Um, so I just took some time off for that. That's how it started. You know, the little break from the podcast. Um, you know, just to, to, to mourn and just reflect on life a little bit, which is which is always good to do for everybody. You should take some time off and and reflect. Um, and then uh. And, and then and then kind of the whole, you know, the whole Ukraine shit popped up. And then we went through a whole impeachment. And it was like it was being talked about at nausea. And, you know, we kind of, we, you know, I didn't really want to. It's kind of talk, tired of talking about it, to be honest with you. Um, and then, bam. You know, this little, this fucking little, this little virus. And I'm not, don't, I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just making a joke here. I'm not downplaying the seriousness of this, guys. Um but it came and it came and slapped us in the face with this fucking ugly dick, right? Whack. You know, left its little fucking let's let left its little its little spore juice on our on our on our tongues and gave us the COVID nineteen coronavirus. Um, and our lives have have changed dramatically. So I think now is a, a, a never a better time than to kind of get back in it. And I'm not really gonna I don't really want to talk about coronavirus itself so much, but um. I was gonna take I was gonna take this podcast in a little different direction anyway, and uh, I, I really do want to because when I was let me, let me just I guess back up. It's been a long time since I've done this, guy. Sorry, so it's super raw right now. I got no notes. I'm just kind of spitballing. This just a it's just a quick uh, it's gonna be just a quick episode letting you guys know what's going on. Um, but when when you know when I've been taking this time, well, I've been reading a lot, so. You know, I was kind of just brushing up on my philosophy and my 
And I'm a libertarian, we all know, if you've been listening to this show. Um, so, so I've been spending this time to to just read and reflect and 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 learn my history and and, and you know just up my up my knowledge like everyone should be doing. Um, and I've been reading a lot. Um, so I've been kind of wanting to take this more into a, you know, kind of into that realm, and just start hitting on some some more deeper issues, um, especially as they relate to things going on right now. And there's never a better time, guys. This is beside the corona, the medical health issue, which is, which is real. I mean, it's this is a real nasty virus. And it's um it seems to be pretty infectious. I think that's the real problem. It spreads pretty easily, which was which was the misinformation right off the bat from China. If you've been following this, and I have been, if you've been following this from the jump, and I'm talking like way back in December, and then early January, you know, the first reports coming out of China was this was not this was not spreadable human to human. Like the human could get it, but it was not um it wasn't infectious like that. Like you couldn't transmit it to another human, which was obviously complete bullshit, right? Um, and, and then all, all the shit coming out of China has just been bad information at this point. Um, as we're finding out, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, guys. You can only go with what information you got. Um, and we had the information from China, and it was bad. And, and I think it's put everybody behind the ball. It put Italy behind the ball. It put Spain behind the ball. It definitely put us behind the ball. Um, and, and we'll talk definitely talk more in depth of that about the whole government has just really blown this thing completely, guys. Um, and, and then this kind of gets into where, where I'm going with this whole, this whole little talk right here. Um, this is going to change our life guys. This, this is, and I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking economically. Um, this is the biggest event in my lifetime. No question about it. And I'm 30, 38, 38 now, um, put getting ready to be 39. I think, hold on, let me do the math here. 82, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be 39 in May. So, um, so I, I've seen a lot. You know, I've I've been through as an adult. You know, um, 9/11. I had just graduated high school, so I was start, starting my adult life. We had a mini, we had a mini economic crash. Boom, just just coming out of high school. That's what I had to deal with. Right, had to send my brothers and sisters off to war, in the longest war our country has ever seen. Then boom, as as, I, as as you should be hitting your uh, professional stride, you know you're you're in your uh, late twenties, you know getting ready to turn that hump. Boom, the financial crisis of 0809, propped up by the fucking government, stealing wealth from the taxpayers, from the from the uh, uh, poor class, from the middle class, from the American people, and redistributing it to the bankers and the corporations. Guys, that's not first of all, that's not capitalism, that's cronyism. That's corporatism. It's also known as fascism. And that's a word you guys always like to use. And now is the time you should be using fascism because that's what we're doing right now. And you're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, because when you think of fascism, I'm talking more of like the Mussolini type fascism, the uh, the Italy fascism, the real fascism, you know, the real philosophy here. And you might say, oh, but, you know, when I think of fascism, I think of, you know, I think of Nazis. You know, obviously I think of I think of killing people. Right. A, a bunch of people. It's like, yeah. Well, if you look at what we've been doing for the last 20 years in the Middle East, it's what we've, exactly what we've been doing. We've been murdering a bunch of brown people. We just haven't been, it's just not on our country, right? So, so the, the comparisons are there, um, but the philosophy, the marrying of the state with the corporations is fascism, guys. 
and, and it's and, and if you want to use the socialism term, fine. But what you're doing, all you're doing, is you're socializing the losses, and you're letting them keep all their profit. You see where that's a problem. The reality is you should let them keep their profit, but once they lose, they got they lose. They got to incentivize these people to save, not buy their stock back. And then in a time of crisis, they should be selling their stock, and then you, the normal people, could purchase a a, a future profit. That's what a stock is, guys. It's it's not the it's not the money that these companies have already made. That's already been distributed. It's their it's the ability to buy into the company to invest your capital into a company. Therefore, when they have future profits because they're a good company and they're running their shit properly, you get to enjoy some of that gain, right? And they're taking a loan out and they're, and they're giving up some of their co- their company to you for money so that they can run their business. That's what the stock market is. That's capital investment. And so what we're doing is we're saying no, you don't have to save. You can lose anyway. And we'll just come in and we'll take a loan out in the American taxpayer's name and we'll fucking give it to you. So there's no incentive for them to sell their stock and there's no incentive of them to want to save money in case there's a financial problem like we're having right now. That's really where the issue is here, guys. But um, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. What I, what, um, what, what I was saying is, so we had 08, 09, financial crisis, boom, doing the same shit we did back then. We just blew the bubble back up. And now here we are again. I'm getting ready to hit 40. And and this is not, this is going to be like, so So what my point was, I've seen, I've been through a bunch of these downturns now for my entire adult life, 9-11, the 08 crash. This is the most of this is the this is the thing that's going to affect our lives more than anything. Any, any this is the most real event in my lifetime, guys. This this is how serious this is, and I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic here. We're in some big time trouble, big time trouble, guys. And and, and you're you're looking at it as, as this is a little vacation. I'm off for two weeks. The economy's just gonna pick right back up as soon. As, are you fucking kidding me? The supply chains that have been broken, and and, it, and it's a so it's real. I'm gonna use a real easy analogy, um, because it because it, it shows it twofold here. So first thing we're gonna talk about is the the concept that um a set of an essential employee, right? Who's essential? Well, everyone's essential in the in a in an economy that we have, which is multifaceted. People do all kinds of different shit, and it, and it, and it's um, and it could be summed up in a little article called "I Pencil," okay. And the theory of what's essential, right? So when you think of a pencil, what's essential to a pencil? Well, you need some wood, you need some graphite, you need a little bit of rubber, and you need a little bit of metal. And now you got a pencil, right? So if that was essential, that in your mind, that's all you need. But the reality is, you need someone to cut that tree down, and then that that person needs a chainsaw. So who makes the chainsaw? Then you need then you need gasoline, right? And you need electronics. You need all these parts. And then you then you go further. Okay, who's going to refine the oil? So you have to understand that these things are all interconnected. That the the economy, and especially nowadays because it's a global economy, is so intertwined that once you start cutting those chains off, all you're doing is hurting the small business. You're hurting the person that's the small business who was providing that wood. Right, who was cutting that tree down? Who was then relying on the, the small business who was making the chainsaw, or or the little part that goes in the chainsaw? So when you cut that out, there's only one person that's allowed to stand, 
And it's these big companies, these big corporations that are marrying themselves to the states, marrying themselves to the, uh, to the the Federal Reserve, to the banks, right? And they're going to let you fall. And then when we come out of this, you're going to be able to shop at fucking Walmart and Amazon. It's going to be your only two choices. And you're going to work as a fucking grocery bagger. Because that's going to be our economy. And people are going to fucking starve, guys. Don't you understand this? This is real. And your standard of living is going to drop dramatically from this. Like I said, it's all fun and games right now because you're on a two-week vacation. You got your Netflix. You got your TV. You got a full fridge. Shit's going to get real. And then the second part, so that's the essential worker, which is, which doesn't make the eye pencil. It's a good reference. And the second part is the inflation, which is we're just printing money, right? Printing tons of money right now. And, and I know it's real easy to say, oh, we could just, we could just print. We just print money and give everybody $1,200. And we could just print money and give these companies and these corporations that should, we should just be allowing to fail. Right? And, and, and real quick, guys, when I say fail, everyone acts like, oh, my God, if the airlines fail, we won't be able to fly in planes no more. That's not how it works. You file Chapter 11 bankruptcy, doesn't, that doesn't mean the planes don't go nowhere. That asset's still there. It gets, it gets bought up. It gets bought up in bankruptcy court by people who are going to manage that resource better and provide a better service and not run that company at a loss. And guess what? If that person who who buys it up, buys up those assets and starts flying those planes, if they do a bad job, they get to go fucking bankrupt too. And they get to lose all their money. Why do we keep bailing these people out? Does that make sense to you guys? Think about it. That's really what's going on. It's the biggest, this, this last bill, and I know everyone wants to be like, oh my God, but it's going to help everybody. That's fine. That's, it, but we didn't do that. We, we spent about $2 trillion and we're not even going to get that. I bet you we'll get less than that to the actual people. But there was $4 trillion on top of it that went to the banks. And, these, and, and they're going to go to these big corporations. It was the largest transfer of wealth in the history of my life, guys. And it's, according to Nancy Pelosi, a down fucking payment only. They're already starting phase four. Phase four. You, you guys realize even before this, we've allowed... Um, the Federal Reserve to go for like 10 straight days where they can inject a trillion dollars into the market. And then the first time ever in the history, we allow them to not only buy government bonds and government debt, which is what we usually allow them to do. We allow them to buy government debt, right? When they print money and, and inject it in the market. For the first time ever, we allow them to buy corporate debt. Now think about that. That means they're buying the debt of some of these corporations. That means the Federal, the federal Reserve now owns parts of these corporations until they pay it back. Think about how crazy that can get. Um, but anyway, my analogy on the paper. So what we're doing is we're, we're printing a bunch of this money. And you, you, it's if it was that easy, guys, if we could just solve our problems by printing money and hanging to people, why are we not all rich? I mean, why wouldn't we just take a fucking printing press to these third world countries who literally live in poverty like Yemen who, who has a cholera outbreak right now because they're drinking water that has feces in it. That's how you prevent cholera. You give them some clean water. You get it from drinking your own shit and piss. Okay? And, and we're doing that to people. Why wouldn't we just go over there with a fucking printing press and give them a fucking million dollars if that's all you had to do? Because, because it doesn't work. So, if you, so the analogy I want to use 
is an art auction. So if there were five people in an art auction and they had staggered amounts of money, but the most person, let's say the only person in there, the highest, the highest amount dollar amount was 20 bucks, right? There's one painting in this art auction. And this, this goes back to the supply chains. Once we break these supply chains down and we limit the amount of shit that's being able to be purchased, because that's really how economies work, guys. It's, we are the economy. People are the economy. Stop looking at the, the economy as, as a dollar figure, as it's, as it's money, as it's, um, as it's the stock market. That's not what the economy is. This is what Austrian economics try to teach you. The economy is us. We are the economy. It's you producing something, you making something of value, your labor, right? You don't need money in a barter system. It's still an economy, right? And it's all about producing things to help people and purchasing things. The consumers have all the power. And the government can't bail out losses. They can't socialize the loss and let you keep the profit. That doesn't work. That's fascism. That's corporatism. That's state cronyism. That's what the Republicans and the Democrats love the most, and so do the big corporations. Because the only big, only people that can play in that game are the big corporations. But anyway, back to the analogy. So you got, uh, um, so the highest person got twenty bucks. One, one, one painting. Five people. I can give all of them a thousand dollars. What happens to that auction now? Well, all that happens is the bidding goes up. So this is what happens to prices in the real in the real in the reality of a market. So as I as I increase the money flow, but I don't increase the supply because really all money is a placeholder, guys. It's a representation of the um, production you have already made, right? So we you so I guess fuck man, I, I know this. I keep going off on this analogy, but it's important. So we, we base our system off a barter system. That's the reality of it. And we, we learned a long time ago, humans, man, uh, and women, I use man as, as just, you know, human. Um, we, we learned a long time ago that, uh, that our standards of living, that our lives would be better if we traded with each other, right? That, I mean, everyone can agree with that. So what we used to do was just a straight up barter system. It seemed to be the best. It makes the most sense, right? Like I would go to you to say you're the farmer, you have milk. Let's say I cut trees down. You need wood, I need milk. I would give you some wood, you would give me some milk, right? The problem is, is that the economy grew and people's wants grew, all right? Not needs. Guys, we're way above our needs. Look, look around you. Look, literally, look around you right now where you're listening to this. How much of that you think is actual, an actual need? No, most of it's a want, guys. It's a standard of a living. It's really important to, to, to keep our life styles in context, okay? Because context is huge. So what, 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 so, so look around. Well, I, I can't work enough days to supply wood for every, you know, and, and the person who supplies me my Xbox, they might not need wood. Well, my only thing I got is wood. Therefore, um, I would never be able to get an Xbox. So we came up with a placeholder, a placeholder for your labor, right? Because remember, um, and this is what we're talking about with what money is. Money is literally a placeholder for your work, for your labor. So what happens is I made a, a mutual agreement with somebody. I said, hey, I'll come use your research, your resources. I'll come work for you. And you'll give me this thing that we've called it, that we've made as a placeholder. This dollar amount, it, it shows that I've already produced something. 
I've already made something, right? There's already value in what I've done. Therefore, here's some money. Now I can go and buy that Xbox because it's a universally traded good. A dollar. It's a universally traded good. So what happens is when you start printing money, you haven't produced anything yet. It's for future production. And this is the way you got to look at it because what you're doing is you're saying, my kids will now produce this much more in order to pay this much money back. You're taking out credit in their name. It's literally what you're doing. It's very immoral, okay? If you want to save the children, you're fucking it all up. Um, um, so so back to my point, if I just give those people at that art, art auction $1,000, well, they haven't made anything. So there's still only one payment, painting. They, they, they didn't go out and make... There wasn't like 10 other paintings made that made this these other th- this $1,000 that I've given these people. Therefore, you have more to buy. No, no, no. All I did was produce more of this placeholder, right? This future production. So what I've done is I've given them $1,000. What happens to that price? Well, it just goes up. And instead of the painting being $20 now, it goes for $1,000. So that's what happens to regular prices. So when you go and you're looking at that store and you're looking at that piece of that piece of meat, if everyone only has ten dollars, the highest the price can get is ten bucks. If I give everyone a th- if I keep printing money and giving a thousand dollars, all that does gonna happen is that price is gonna keep going up because the because the supply ain't gonna increase. The way to get the the way to get the price down is to increase the supply of the product you're buying. And as as long as the demand stays high, the price will drop. It's when you when it's it's when you increase the demand and limit the supply is when you get fucking crazy inflation and we're literally doing that like that's that's like literally our model right now of what we're trying to do here. It's crazy, guys. It's going to be real bad for us. And, and we've allowed the Federal Reserve to to print like ten like I said ten trillion dollars already, just free and clear. But what is saving us? And I, and I think I've mentioned this already is the the. The fact that the demand for the dollar is real high, forty percent of the world's debts in U.S. dollar. But the, but these these um these countries are eventually gonna um they're gonna default, and I think that's honestly listen. If I was, <laughs> this is gonna be the probably the most unpopular thing I'm gonna say today. If I was Donald Trump, man, and and we're gonna play this just print money game and and just. Fine, that's fine. Okay, cool. Let's print a bunch of money. Let's just do everything, but give it to the people, not not these these businesses. Just give it to the people. Just just for reference, um, this bill, this last bill we just passed, is six trillion dollars. That's nineteen thousand dollars per human on this on this country. That's man, woman, child, baby, male, female, gender neutral. Nineteen G's each. Think why why, are, <laughs> and you're gonna get twelve hundred bucks. But they just took a debt out in your name for nineteen thousand. So you're responsible to pay nineteen thousand dollars. Now, who do you think is going to pay that back? Do you think it's going to be my eighty-year-old grandmother, or do you think it's going to be my thirteen-year-old nephew? It's obviously going to be my thirteen-year-old nephew. But I'm going to get twelve hundred dollars out of it. Boeing's going to get to stay open. These airlines are going to be bailed out. The banks are going to get unlimited fucking funding. We took away fractional. Holy shit! In the middle of the night. They also took away fractional reserve banking, which is one of the things that got us in this mess in the first place. And if you don't know what that's about, holy shit, let me blow your minds real quick on that. So what we have in, in, what we have in America is called fractional reserve banking. 
which means if I give the bank $100, they're only required to keep, and, I, and it might even be lower than this. I, I haven't really kept up with the number that they had, but it, I think it was 10%. So if I gave the bank, and let me show you how scary this gets, and, and this is another real problem. We have way more, this is, what, this is actually kind of why um, the demand for the dollar is staying high, because they don't have enough of them yet. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> it's all fake because the, the system's all fake and this is going to prove it. So when I give the bank, if I go to, if I go to Chase and I give the bank $100, they're only required to keep in reserves $10. So they put 10% away into the vault. So they're only going to hold on to $10 and they're going to turn around and they're going to, they can invest in and or loan 90, the rest of the $90 out. Right? So then someone else comes into the bank and they give that person $90 loan. And that person takes out $90. Now, right there, if if you're following this, it should already be like, well, how does that make sense? Right? Because I have $100 still in my account. Right? Like when I went there and put that $100 into my account, they didn't give me a receipt that says I only got 10 No, no, no. They're just keeping 10 It says I got 100 I can go right now and get that 100 bucks out, supposedly. Right? but they just gave 90 of it away to somebody else in hopes that they pay it back with interest and then they make money on me. And they don't even pay me no interest because our interest rates are directly um, tied into the federal interest rates. So they're, they're not even allowing us to save, just like they're doing bad business for companies. They're incentivizing us not to save either because there no, there's no fucking, there's no interest. What's the point? But the bank's taking your money. They're giving 90 of it out. So right now we've already had, we've taken my $100 and we've, we've created, the bank has now created $190. Think about it. I can go get my 100 right now. And the person who just walked out of the bank with that 90 still has their 90. Now we have 190 between us, but I only, but I only gave them 100. How does that work? Now let's say that dude goes and takes his 90 and let's just say he puts it in the bank real quick. You know, he's just like, I saw something coming up. I might need this money. It's 0% interest right now. They're giving me a great loan, right? Because <laughs> that's what we're doing right now, 0% interest, right? They're giving me a great loan. I'm just going to stick in the bank real quick. Well, now they only got to put in $9. So now they got $19. They're going to turn around and, and, and lend out again. The next dude who just walks in the bank right after me, or, or the second dude, the third guy walks in now, and they're going to give that dude an $81 loan at more interest. I don't know if you just done the math, but now we're well into the two hundred dollars worth into my up from my one hundred dollars, like two seventy. Uh, and that can happen a thousand fucking times. Definitely when you start getting into some large sums of money. So think about all this fake money that's out there that has never been produced. There was not. There was. Remember we talked about what money is. Who worked for that? It's fake. It was. It was made by a push of a button. And you know what they did in the middle of the night during all this? Now, now they have to reserve zero dollars, zero percent. They took away fractional reserve completely. They don't have to fucking hoard none of it. They can just turn around and lend the whole hundred dollars right out. Holy shit! And we're gonna get way deep into these topics. That's kind of where I, was, I know that's kind of so this is gonna be kind of short. So we're we're you know that's what this podcast is gonna turn into, guys. I want to be. I want it to be more of a. And I'm still gonna do the serial killer editions because those are big. Those are big hits. So don't get. I, and I, but I'm gonna do more of a current, like kind of current events, like we've kind of been doing, but differently. Um, because I think the reality is, and, and I hate to say it, we're fall, we're gonna be in a global depression. It's gonna be real bad for us, and it's gonna be a lot worse than people are realizing. It's gonna, and I know this is not. And but the, the, the actual the, um, 
the economic effects of this is going to be way worse than the virus was ever ever could be. And that's not hyperbolic because the, the biggest public the biggest public health risk is poverty, guys. Poverty. And we've had in the first two weeks of this, we've had 10 million people come become unemployed, like literally overnight. And and there's some estimates that are that are hitting like 50, 60, 70 million people unemployed. Guys, that's scary, guys. That's so scary. And we're gonna be in a in a point of inflation. We're breaking supply chains. That's a public health risk right there alone. It's it's there's way more to this. You can think of both. We can do both. There's ways to do both. Um, but now is not the time to do um, bad economic policy on top of trying to fight a deadly virus. It, it's a double whammy for us guys, and, and we're and we're losing our civil liberties. <laughs> and people are just like like cheering it, and they're literally cheering on. You losing your civil liberties. So the point where I was going with this kind of this little, the last bit was the reason why I want to I want to and I was kind of going to go this way anyway with this podcast. But I think I think libertarians are going to have some really interesting things to say in the next couple of years, and um, it's going to be important that people listen because it's not going to be good for your kids. It's not going to be good for your grandkids. I'm I'm scared, guys. I don't even got kids. And I'm not scared of a virus. I'm scared of I'm scared of our government, and I'm scared of uh, I'm scared of I'm scared of what's going to happen to to us economically, um, to our decency. And uh, people need to uh, stop pointing a finger because now is not the time. Y'all sound like fucking idiots. I mean, seriously, you guys sound like fucking fools. Oh, you care? You must care. Oh, you just want people to die. Oh, oh, go, go, go! Sacrifice yourself. Oh, you care more about the economy than you do about human lives. Well, fine. Then I'm just gonna start turning around. You. Then, then you, then you, then you would, allow, then you would allow 10 million people to starve to death to save one person from coronavirus. See how stupid that sounds? When you just turn it around on yourself, just stop. Just stop. Your kids are gonna suffer. And I'm not. I'm like I said. I'm not trying to scare people, but it, people need to be awake. So we're going to stop it right there. I'm going to piece this together, probably get it out here uh, uh, shortly. And um, welcome back. I do I do appreciate everyone coming back. Hopefully, um, hopefully you all are still here. And uh, I'm not sure how many we'll do. I'm not sure if we'll keep this weekly, if we'll go back to biweekly. I'm not real sure yet, guys. I'm going to start getting some. Um, I did this all no notes, just free talk. So it's probably all over the place. Um, but I'll get some stuff put together here soon. Some some more in depth topics specific. We're gonna talk some. <clears throat> we're gonna talk some real numbers, some statistics, some data. How this data is coming out, um, because it's real interesting. There's some real interesting dynamics going on here with this data. Um, we're we're using a lot of voodoo statistics. There's some real, there's some there's some real fear here, guys. Again, let me. I just please. I want to stress. Social distance yourself. Do the right thing. Stay away from. Definitely, if you're sick, don't go out. Um, this is a real problem. The virus is a real medical issue. It's a real pandemic. Real people are dying. It's not a joke, right? But we need to be realistic with the numbers and we need to be realistic about what China did. Um, and if, first of all, if that don't scare you, China has 90% of our antibiotics, guys. They 90% of our drugs come from China. Like our medical drugs. Think about that. Like we really need to, and I'm a free trade guy. So this is, I'm really wrestling with this right now. I'm a big free trade guy. Um, I don't think the government should be involved in trade if a company 
but the company needs to pay for it. We shouldn't be subsidizing trading, right? Again, it's you. It's you paying for a corporation to be able to bring goods over. That's what all we're doing with these trade wars. Um, I believe in free trade, but man, I'm really having a... Man, it's like, yeah, cool, but you know, when, when a pandemic like this hits... Is that really is that really where we want to be? And that, and then if that's where we want to be as a country, that's all what that's what libertarians about. It's freedom, right? So if you if you if you because you guys realize that more than one system can can be allowed in a, in a libertarian society. It's not a it's not a one or the other, and that's the difference. Is if you guys want to pull your money together and and voluntarily, you know, get shit from China, fine, right? But you should do it at your own cost. Like you shouldn't force other people to participate in that business with you, which is what we do in America. Um, we can coexist together. You just don't force people to do it, right? And if people want to do it, and if people are good people, they would do it, right? If that, if climate change was a real issue to people, they would donate their money to it. All, but they would have all their money to do that. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't lose ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year in taxes, right? to pay for stuff that they don't agree in. Just to go to fucking corporations, guys. We should all be on the same page, at least on that. No matter what spectrum or, uh, or the political uh, side you're on, you should, we should all agree that they shouldn't be taking our money and giving it to companies. Right? That's not free market. That's not That's not a free economics. That's not capitalism, guys. It's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a crazy distortion. It's fascism. It's corporatism. It's cronyism. It's state capitalism. And and both sides, oh, fucking, they love it, dude. They they just, oh, they, dude, it's like dipping their fucking dick, dick in some fucking fresh pussy to these guys, marrying in the state with companies and the big corporations. They're like the pussy, you know, and they like it too. And, and then what you are, you're the little, you know, you're the little small guy that's like, I can't even get no pussy, man. Why do they keep dipping their pussy? Why does he keep getting the fuck? I don't get no pussy. And and in fact, they stealing your dick, bro. They cutting your dick off. Shit. It's like, what the fuck, man? Can I at least keep my dick and jerk off a little bit? Can I at least, can I at least pleasure myself? But uh, like I said, man, libertarians are going to have some real interesting this, things to say. And, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to break down these numbers. Um, we're going to break down a bunch of stuff for you guys. It's going to be real interesting. There's a lot to talk about. Like I said, I'll still sprinkle in those serial killer difference. I'm going to do them a little different. I'm going to do them a little different, I think. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate y'all. Stay safe, please. Look after your, uh, now's the time, guys. Now is the time for you for you to show who you are as a person. Help your neighbor. You know what I mean? Shop for your grandma. Do whatever you can. But stay away from them. You know, yeah, I know it's hard. You know, can't hug your grandma right now. Can't give her a kiss. The real the real um, game changer is going to be when we get the antibody test out. We need to know who's already had this. If you've already been a carrier. If you're good to go. And that's when we're going to really get to see the real, the real data come in. Um... So it's the only way you can get real numbers. It's the only way you can get real infectious numbers um, on the infectious rate, and that's the only way you can get the mortality rate. You gotta know how many people actually have had it. Otherwise, everything's just voodoo. It's all voodoo statistics. It's all using models that we've already seen have been drastically wrong. I mean, they reduced it from like what two point six million now to a hundred thousand. I mean, come on, guys, think about that difference. That's a model. And they're like, well, yeah, we've got to we got to prepare like it's 2.2 million because that's what the first model said. And now here we are, just a few weeks later. Once we get a little bit of data in, and I, like I said, incomplete data, it's already down to 100,000, which is significant, guys. It's a significant amount of deaths in a short period of time. Nobody is saying this is not a problem. It's horrific. 
It's horrendous. But there's different things we can do. And I'm going to leave you with that. Um, and I don't know. We might just do these randomly. It might not even be specific. It might not even be on specific days anymore. It might just come out randomly. Um, I know there's a lot of people home right now, so you guys got time to listen. Um, with that, um, the world is full of good people. If you can't uh, find one, be one. Catch you on the flip side. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion.